Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Luke, book of Luke, chapter one, continuing in a series called The Victorious Church. Luke, chapter one, go to verse 26, please. Are you ready? On your marks. Get set. New International Version, Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I want you to say that with me. For no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, final verse. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you did in the first service and what you'll do even now. Holy Spirit, come and give us living understanding. Would you just pray for yourself right now that God would speak to you? Give us living understanding right now. Speak to us, oh God. Change us. Transform us. I pray that the effects of this service would be far-reaching even to eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Say hi to two or three people and say, get ready. I remember, as the notes are being passed to you now, I remember um, many years ago being born again, returning back to New York on a trip visiting, and I was raised until I was about seven as a Roman Catholic. Does anybody know what that means? Okay. So, as I returned home, all of my father's relatives on, the, on my father's side, they're all Catholics. Is there, is there any, maybe former Catholics, you were raised as a Catholic, any, any here? Okay. 
So th this might help you. How, anybody raised Orthodox at all? Eastern Orthodox? Anybody from Eastern Orthodox background? Okay. Methodist? Any pagans here? You were pagan? Okay. How many aren't going to raise your hand no matter what happens this morning? Great. So, raised as a Catholic, there was always this talk about Mary, and uh, I didn't really understand much about that, but certainly being young. And then, as I was born again and began to study and hearing messages, began to realize things about what's called the Queen of Heaven and uh, have understanding about Catholicism and some of the things in Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox that are, they should not be. They're, they've been made by men. Let me, let me just say, and it might be semi-offensive, but welcome to Kings. I, I'm not going to offend you on purpose, but their truth sometimes offends. If, if it's not in the Bible, it needs to be flushed. We don't need rules and regulations by men. We need God's Word, and God's Word brings truth. We were talking this past week about the villages and how we have discovered, at least in my view, I've discovered that it seems that there's a greater freedom in the villages that were evangelized by the Moravians, there's a lot of that in Alaska, than those who were evangelized by Eastern Orthodox or, 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 Catholic, or Catholicism. There just seems to be a greater bondage in the places, and that's just my experience. I'm not saying it's 100% true, but religion brings bondage. How many of you know that? Back to my story. I returned home, and I got to ride in the car with my Aunt Jerry, who I think at that time was a charismatic Catholic. I don't know where she's at in her faith now. How many know what charismatic Catholics are? There was the outpouring of the Spirit in Notre Dame in the 1960s, and they began to get filled with the Spirit and pray in other tongues. And you can go around America or even around the world and find different places where there's Catholics that pray in a heavenly language, that lay hands on the sick, see them recover. It really, it really depends on the priest that is in that, that uh, parish, if that's the right word. So I, I went home and I was talking to my aunt who is a charismatic Catholic and I was telling her about Christ, telling her about Jesus and how I was born again and how she needed to be born again. And she started arguing with me about Mary. And so I, by the grace of God, I was ready for that, and I was able to effectively destroy the argument, at least in my mind and memory. <laughs> How many of you know sometimes you don't always remember things right? Okay. About Mary. And I was able to make the point that it's about Jesus, it's not about Mary. Everybody say it's about Jesus. All right. It's about Jesus, not about, about Mary. And I will never forget having a series, going back and forth with some scripture, and then she sat there and said, hmm. And there's silence. And I'm thinking, you know that's right. I won. Yes. And then she says, well, you must admit, though, there's something very special about Mary. And I was all, I guess that's probably right. That is right. There is something special about Mary. And she is to be honored. All human beings should be honored. Life should be honored. But there's something about this Mary that is... Uh, Unusual. I want to preach to you a message that's entitled Five Ways to Live in God's Favor. Five Ways to Live in God's Favor in this series, The Victorious Church. What's the Victorious Church thing? Most people are victims, they're not victors. And so if you are a victim and you're part of a church, then the church can be weak. God's plan is for the church to expand to the right and the left. God's plan is for His kingdom 
to expand, starting as a mustard seed, then getting so large that birds can land on it. God's plan is for his kingdom to expand. His kingdom is dynamic. It's ever-growing, ever-expanding, ever-increasing. It's an unbiblical thing. Everybody say that. It's unbiblical to lose the war. All right, you have battles where there's losses and difficulties, but in the end, we win. It is an unbiblical thing to be a loser. Loser. It's unbiblical. You're a winner. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, winner. Come on. I'm going to put one in the W column. You're not a loser. But if you think of yourself as a loser, you will have continual loss in your life. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're a victor. You're, you're more than a conqueror. Can somebody say that's right? The victorious church. And so five ways to live in God's favor. But I want to look at this Mary here for a moment and because of the influence of Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox and the amount of people that watch this in the villages, I would like to destroy the worship of Mary if you don't mind. And even if you mind, I'm still going to do it. There, this text here, and I, I have my glasses broke so I'm borrowing my wife's. I'm still a man but I am borrowing women's glasses. Luke 1 and 28 says, And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Everybody say highly favored. Highly favored. The Lord is with you. That, there's a distortion on that text over the years. And it really started in 4th fourth, fourth or 5th century. Uh, they, they changed that to be Hail Mary full of grace. How many of you have heard of that? Hail Mary full of grace. Well, she's not, she's not to be hailed or hallowed. Only God is to be. But they changed that. And, and the view is that, that not that she's highly favored or it's really that, that she releases grace. That's the distortion. How many of you know Mary doesn't release grace? It's God releases grace through people, clearly. But grace comes from God. And the distortion is that she is a dispenser of grace. She's been called the mediatrix. This comes right out of the Catholic doctrine here. It refers to the intercessory role of the Blessed Virgin Mary as a mediator in the salvic redemption by her son, Jesus Christ, that bestows grace through her. It's an ancient title, 4th, 5th century. And it's, the, it's this understanding that Mary is really the mediator. It's a bunch of horse pucky. It's road apples from hell. <laughs> it's not true. Bump your neighbor and say, Why, thank you very much. It's not true. Now I have man glasses. Thank you so much. <laughs> but that is the view. And, and it was held for many years. I, I, I read, I don't know. Pope Pius IV, what, I, I read something. I, I mean, if you really want to get into it, you can go and look and study it. Mary's not to be worshipped, and she is not the mediator. There is only one mediator between God and man. Who's that? Christ Jesus. So you don't need a priest. You are a priest. So why, why is that a problem? Because it's a false understanding and it's not scriptural and it demeans the work of Christ. It demeans the work of the cross and it demeans you. 
and it takes away the authority that you would have as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a child of God, as a blood-bought, purchased Christian to stand, to boldly come. As Hebrews says, I can boldly come and talk to God myself. Not because I'm a pastor, not because you're a priest, because you're a Christian, because you're born again, you can boldly come. Now, your, your prayers are hindered if you're not right with God. You need to be reconciled, clearly. But it demeans the prayer that we're told to have to come find help and grace in time of need. You don't need Mary. I mean, if your name's Mary, no offense. She's to be honored. She's not to be worshipped. And she, don't pray to Mary, my God. Come on, somebody say, don't pray to Mary. Okay, and you don't pray to dead people either. When they're dead... That's it. I had somebody call me and say, Pastor, I have a friend of mine is dead. Can you pray for him? I said, well, no. You can pray for the family. You can pray for you. You can pray for comfort. You know, you need to be sensitive about that. But there's many people that are deluded, don't understand. This, there's a distortion. Mary as the mother of God is another distortion. Also, fourth century. She was used as a vessel. The perpetual virgin is another uh, distortion view, comes from St. Anthony. And the idea is that she was a virgin when she brought forth Christ. That's true. How many of you know that's true? Okay, and then the idea being the perpetual virgin is that she's a virgin the rest of her life. That's not true. So how do you know that's not true? Well, Jesus had brothers and sisters. So were they also miraculously conceived? No. Okay. Look at, look, look at this. Some of you don't believe me, so I'm going to go to Matthew 1. Matthew 1 and verse 18. So to say that she was the perpetual... How many of you have ever heard of the perpetual virgin thing, virgin thing? Okay. Matthew 1 and 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together... Before they came together. Before that, before that, before that, before they came together. Does everybody understand what that's saying? Okay. I wasn't stuttering. I was emphasizing. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 25 of Matthew 1. You ready? You guys are right? Good. Verse 25 says, But he did not consummate their marriage. He what? He did not consummate their marriage until, which means he finally did, until she gave birth. But before he didn't, but after he did. Everybody say after he did. Okay, it takes two. After they did. She was not a perpetual virgin. I'm glad you guys got that. Let's move on. The Immaculate Conception, of course, she was conceived without sin, but the idea, what they're saying is, in other words, the actual act was without sin, but Mary had sin. The, the, the immaculate conception is that Mary was without sin. There's only one, there's only one that had no sin. His name is Jesus. Everybody else has sin. So did Mary have sin? Yes. All right. And then the bodily assumption was in the 1950s that she, she was translated up to heaven body and soul. So that's not true. Everybody say that's not true. How do you know that? Because it's not in the Word. All right. Understanding the favor of God. 
Favor is from the Greek word charis. We get charis, charisma or charismatic. 155 times in scripture, the word charis, Greek word charis. 115 times it's translated grace. I mean, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, small section in the book of Daniel in Aramaic. New Testament is written in, is written in Greek, so you're reading a translation of that. And the Greek translation, the word Greek, charis, translated grace 115 times in your New Testament. Grace can be defined as unmerited favor. And really, it's, look at it this way. And there's, there, there's so, we've done a whole series on grace, so it's, that's far too simplistic. But the idea is that every gift, every gift from God is unmerited. You don't deserve anything. Somebody said, I, don't get my, I didn't get what I deserve. Well, you deserve death. So you should just like warm up and be thankful. We all deserve death. Amen. So unmerited favor. Every act of God's blessing, we don't earn it. But you enter into it by choice. And the fascinating thing to me is that God chose Mary. He chose Mary. He did what? He, he chose Mary. He selected her. And God, God uses her. And I think favor comes upon us when, we, when we're used by God. So let me give you five things, five ways you can live in God's favor. The first one, realize that you've been chosen by God through Christ. Realize you've been chosen by God through Christ. Say it. I've been chosen by God through Christ. Say it again. I've been chosen by God through Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Come on, someone to say, I got every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us, verse 5, adopted us to sonship. I mean, this is amazing. If you go to John 15, it talks about being chosen as well. So God chooses a Moses. He chooses a Moses to be the deliverer, right? So Moses had to say yes. Oh, he argued with God. He said, well, I can't talk, and, and, uh, and uh, I don't know your name. And, and he made all kinds of excuses about how he didn't want to be the deliverer. But God chose him, and God put up with his shenanigans, and sometimes... I think he puts up with ours too. Sometimes I feel like that, arguing with God, but, but, but. And, and so God gives him Aaron, who ended up being a fair amount of trouble for him, and he ends up going. But still, though chosen by God to be the deliverer, he's on the way, and he had some things that were not in order. His sons were not circumcised. And so he gets to this place on the way to Egypt to be the deliverer, and God comes to kill him. What, what would the Lord have done if Moses had been killed? Then the people would forever stay in Egypt? No, heck no, heck no. Some of you thought I said something else. No, he would choose someone else. There's another Moses. You see, you have to say yes. I remember, I don't know. I think I, I must have needed to be humbled by the Lord, but I remember saying, oh, God, thank you for choosing me to come to Alaska to bring revival. And the Lord just interrupted my prayer and said, well, you weren't my first choice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he said, I chose Pastor Chris first. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. 
Pastor Chris is right in the perfect will of God. I said, you weren't my first choice. And I, I was like, oh. He said, but you said yes. I was like, yeah. I felt good about that part. I didn't feel so good that it wasn't his first choice. But, you know, I mean, there's been other people. God looks for a Moses. He looks for a Joshua. He, lo he looks for somebody to say yes. He looked for Mary. Mary could have said no. Oh, no, you don't. That's going to mess up my thing with Joe. And he's so fine. He's so fine. And I'm about to make him mine. I ain't going to go. Uh, uh. You're going to pick some other Mary. Everybody's going to say, I'm a hoe. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to want to say yes. Do you know the kind of trouble? You, are you guys all right? You know the kind of trouble she had to get in to say yes? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> she had to say yes. God chose her. You settle down, Minister Toby. You cause trouble over there. He chose her, and she had to say yes. God chooses you. What have you said? Have you? You got to keep saying it. And sometimes saying yes to God means no to other things. And it can be offensive to the Josephs who don't understand just yet. God dealt with Joseph and straightened it out. If you're going to be victorious, if you're going to be the victorious church, you're going to walk in the promises of God. You're going to have to say yes to his will, yes to his way. You're going to have to say yes to his word. And that can mean a separation to other people. Listen, there's only two or three people that like you anyway, statistically. So you might as well just say yes to God and let the chips fall. John 15 says, I chose you and appointed you, chose and appointed. The word appointed is a legal term. So the sheriff might be appointed, an appointed uh, official. They've been appointing some people that need to be unappointed. God appointed, chose you, and appointed you. Come on, someone say, I've been appointed by God. For what purpose? To bring forth fruit and fruit that remains. This is John 15. I am the vine and you and the branches apart from me. You can do nothing. So he chose you. Isn't it encouraging to know that God chose you? <laughs> you know, I shared this story in the first service. But uh, yeah, I think I'll share it again. I, I, I changed his name to protect the guilty. It was 25 years ago. I was in Maui. And uh, I picked up this uh, young man. He was a little bit older than I was. I was trying to get him in church. So I went to pick him up to bring him to church. Pastor Karen will remember very well. Drove there, picked him up, brought him to church. There was this great prophet preaching that Sunday. I said, dude, you've got to come on, man. You got to come. You got to serve God. Come on, man. He's like, okay. And, and he came and we sat somewhere and he sat next to me. And uh, during the course of the service, his name was Redondo for the sake of argument. Brother Redondo. We're sitting there and this prophet comes across and locks eyes with him. And comes down to him and calls him out and gives him the most crazy word. And the word was, I've called you and you're here. And I'm going to elevate you. And you are going to be a second a second in command to Dr. Morocco if you say yes. If you, and he gives him this amazing word. Now, I'm sitting there, Pastor Chris, and you know my personality. I'm like, the prophet missed. He was, I was one over, for God's sake. And one over, that's my word. How many ever felt like that? You're like, that's my word. I just, excuse me, that's mine. But I sat there, and uh, I wanted to just 
I shouldn't have brought that jerk to church. That was supposed to be my word. The guy was just three feet off. Oh, you guys are perfect. And I sat there and I like put my flesh down and I like hated him for a minute. And I like kind of, he sat down. He's like, yeah, you know, that's right. I'm like, oh, praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just all worship God. Service goes on. It's a God's honest truth is what happened. Service goes on at the end of the service. The guy says, hey, I got to go meet Dr. Morocco and find out what time I start. I was like, okay, let's go. I almost fell out. I said, yeah, let's go talk to him. That'll be awesome. So Dr. Morocco's in the lobby and he's greeting people. And I go with Brother Redondo up to him and, <laughs> and, and he's like, hey, that's a powerful word, huh? And Dr.'s like, yes, it was a powerful word. He says, well, I want to know when I start. And I was just like, what's he going to say? I was like, I, I, I could have sold seats to that. It was. And Dr. Morocco says, well, why don't you come to morning prayer tomorrow morning? And I was like, oh, yeah, let's see that. I mean, I had to practically twist his arm in hog time to get him to church, to show up in morning prayer. Let me see. See, he could have been getting chosen. But you know what happened to Brother Redondo? Couldn't get his Redondo booty out of his bed. Couldn't get up. And I encouraged him because I'm thinking, well, you know, let me just like be selfless. Even though I wanted that word, I killed that. Tried to encourage him. Dude, come on, morning prayer. He couldn't get, no, it's too early for me. What time I got to be there, doctor? 5.30. Oh, that's pretty early. Yeah. We'll see you at 5.30 in the morning. Well, he never came. So Brother Redondo, I don't even know where he is. But I want to tell you, he sure ain't second in command of, you know, the King's Cathedral and Chapels worldwide. Could that have been a true word from God? It absolutely could have been. But Redondo didn't say yes. And then line up his actions. Mary said yes. She said yes. God chooses you. But if there's no yet, come on, everybody say yes. This is sign language as I understand it for yes. Yes. Everybody say yes. Yes. God sent his son in so doing, he chooses the whole world. But you got to respond to his call. You have to say yes. You had to come to church today. You hear the bald head pastor yell at you and try to encourage you. Come on, somebody say, I'm chosen. But you, you got to say yes. Mary said yes. The second thing is you got to realize you're part of God's plan. That, that blows my mind. I mean, honestly... Why would God use the likes of us? It's miraculous, but the, the scriptures tell us that we're to co-labor with God. We're co-laborers with him. In other words, he could come and preach way better than anybody here. He could come and just get everybody saved and just deal with it. Why would we have to do birthday of the kings as, as fun as it is? Because God uses people. God's method is a man, says Colton Wickamore Rotney. God's method is a man. God's method is a woman. God's method is choosing a Mary, choosing, a, choosing a, a, a Moses, a Joshua, choosing someone to flow through. And they have to say yes. Realize you're part of God's plan. Come on, raise a hand to heaven and say, I'm part of your plan, oh God. Say it. I'm part of your, raise another hand to heaven and say, I'm part of your plan, oh God. Yeah, that's true. So there's certain things that simply will not happen unless you say, and you have to realize in the economy of God, he uses people, people, people. He uses people. Wow. Co-laborers. 
I learned something this past week about snow machines. Uh, for those of you online listening, maybe at a later date, we had like 75 feet of snow drop here in Alaska. <laughs> I think it's four or five feet, but I, it's more snow than I've seen here in the shortest period of time. And uh, it was amazing. And I have this snow machine in my backyard that I thought, wow, let's, let's, let's work that thing. How much fun will that be? And so I'm out there with Daniel, and we just can't get the thing to work. So I learned that there is short track snow machines and long track snow machines. And the short track snow machines don't go on snow like that. They don't work. They get buried, and you have issues. And we had issues. And so it's buried. And we had to move this thing back. And it was a challenge. I couldn't do it by myself, which I'm not used to stuff like that. I'm, I'm just going to drag it back, but I couldn't do it. And so Daniel and I, Junior, there we are. We get on the ends of that snow machine, and it's like, one, two, three, move it at two inches. So after, you know, 60 moves, right? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? We've almost got it halfway. So another 60 more, and we got a little bit of a track that we can run on. And we get on it, and it's like, hey, get that thing started. I'm like, come on, son, just hammer that thing. He's like, wait, 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 ready, ready, ready. I'm like, wah, we push it. <laughs> Buried it twice as bad, and there she stays. <laughs> I forgot what I'm talking about. Look at me, look at my notes real quick. <laughs> you you got to co-labor with, thank you. You have to co-labor with God. You have to co-labor with him. You can try to move stuff as much as you want that just will not move without the help of God. And honestly, God, for whatever reason, has chosen to use you, to use me, to, to reach a territory. You didn't get up. If you didn't pay the price to learn keyboards over a two or three-year period and pay the price, Minister Toby, week in, week out, day in, day out, over and over and over, you would not be one of our worship leaders here. You're a wonderful worship leader. God bless you. You had to pay the price. And we said, I wish I, could, I wish I could be the worship leader. Well, you need more than a wishbone. You need a backbone. You need to show up to morning prayer. <laughs> we better move on, Pastor Chris. You got to recognize the need for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Recognize the need for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And, and she says in verse 35, you know, that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. It's this picture of creation. He'll come and he'll overshadow you. It's a picture of Genesis 1 and 1. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the deep. It's a picture of creation. It's nothing perverse that happened. It was supernatural. Supernatural. God would hover over her and she would be impregnated miraculously while remaining a virgin. That's... How does that even happen? It's a miracle. It's a, it's a miracle. And that's a picture of us recognizing our need for the Holy Spirit. So, so you, you all there? Five ways to, to, to live in God's favor. One, realize you're chosen. Come on, somebody say, I'm chosen. Okay, recognize you're part of God's plan. Number two, recognize I'm part of God's plan. Three, recognize your need for the Holy Spirit's working in your life. This wasn't going to happen. She was chosen. She realizes she's part of God's plan. She doesn't understand it. But it's the Holy Spirit that's going to make all the difference. The Holy Spirit makes a difference. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to be, we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. 
Some of you are way too dependent on the arm of the flesh. We, you know, we just can't do what God called us to do without the Holy Spirit. There's no way to do what God called you to do without the Spirit of God doing it through you. And we just want God to do it. Some of you are just waiting for God to just show up. Yes, the Lord. No, he does it with you. There are sovereign moves where he comes and shows up and does something without you doing anything. I understand that. He can do what he wants, when he wants to, whoever he wants to. That's a picture of sovereign. But he chooses people to be a part of his plan. And those people need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Paul was dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. Wow. Fully God, fully man, dependent on the Holy Spirit. Look at D. Believe God for the impossible, verse 37. Believe God for the impossible. For nothing is impossible with God. It's interesting to me that she says a similar, similar verbiage as Zechariah. Zechariah is visited by the angel of the Lord who says, Oh, hey, Zach, your prayer's been heard, and your wife Elizabeth is going to be pregnant, and you're going to call him John. I'm paraphrasing. And what has he said? How do I know that's true? And the angel's like, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Um, that's my language there. You bumped your head. You must have smelled too much incense or something because I'm an angel. I see, I'm at the throne of God. I'm telling you. Now, now you're going to be mute until the day it happens. So he gets judged. So Zechariah asks why, and he gets judged. Mary asks why and gets rewarded kind of and blessed. What's the difference? Is a heart issue. Zechariah was like, how can that even happen? That can't happen. Because I prayed that prayer. Dude, I've been praying that prayer for 40 years. My wife is old. I'm old. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. He had an argument in his mind for how that's impossible. Because the, the place of possibility was long gone. Totally impossible now. Some of you think that about your life. Think that about your cousin or your brother or your husband. Or your wife. Well, they're just too hard-hearted. He's gone too far. Who are you? Who are you to decide? You keep praying. You keep believing. And God's able to intervene. And so Zechariah had an argument in his mind. He was offended. The place of his deepest wound was, was the place of his unbelief. And I will tell you, what is the deepest wound for him? The fact as a, as a priest, blameless, righteous, he couldn't get, they couldn't have a child. It's the number one prayer request of most married couples when they decide to have babies, and then there's a delay. Then they start praying. And we've had people here that for 10 years, they went and saw you know, doctors and did all kinds of fertility, this and that, did everything they could, looked at calendars, prayed, threw oil everywhere, no babies. And yet in a moment, received a touch from God and then have had, they have multiple children now. There's numerous people here that that's been the case for Zachariah. It was not only a delay, it was past the point of being at Humanly possible for it to happen. And God says through the angel, your prayer has been heard. But the actual Greek is the prayer that you used to pray has been heard. And Zechariah couldn't believe it because he was so rejected and wounded that God didn't come through for him. Some of you can't believe God because he let, you feel like he let you down in the last season. 
He gave the guy next to you the word to be second in command, and you're all offended that you didn't get the word. Well, Lord, if you even love me, you to come through for me. I had moments like that in my life. I don't do that anymore. I trust his leadership. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to trust his leadership. Mary, Mary believed God, and it, and it came to pass. Mate, I don't understand that. Joseph is going to be mad. This is awkward. People are going to talk. Nevertheless, I'm your maid servant. Go ahead. Some of you think you have to understand everything. You're not that smart. Neither am I. No one is. We need God's help. We need to depend on him. We need to trust his plan. We need to believe God for the impossible. See, if you don't believe God, it'll never happen. The building that you're seeing is a total impossibility. We talk to bankers. I've told you this story so many times before. We're so close. The impossible is sitting there. Don't need to pray for a building anymore. It's already there. Just need to pray for two or three items to satisfy some requirements. And we moving into that which is impossible. I said, we're moving into what is impossible. I had people, I had people laugh at me. I had people say, ha, 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 ha. sorry. I said, you can't build this. Looking at the plans. You can't build this. I said, oh, no, 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 we are. No, no, not here. I said, no, yeah, here. No, you can't build this here. I said, I stood up. I said, we can and we will. He says, no. It's, and he began to list for the reasons why. I said, well, thanks for your time. Shook his hand. Must be encouraging for him to drive past a building every time. See it? <laughs> because with God, nothing is Try it again. With God, nothing is impossible. Believe God for the impossible. Walk in favor. How, five things to walk in favor. Lastly, with the worship team, please. Verse 38. She basically surrenders. She doesn't understand. She believes. And then she just finally surrenders. I had to learn how to surrender. I suppose I'm still learning. You have to surrender to God and his plan. Move forward and do what he tells you to do. And it can be like, why do I have to, why do I have to go to 5.30 prayer? By the way, we don't have it at 5.30 here. We have it at 7. Give him praise in the house of God. <laughs> but if it was at 5.30, I mean, or, you know, whatever, whatever God's telling you to do, will you do it? If you want favor. Yeah, you're, these, these things are required. To be the victorious church, to be a victorious Christian, you have to have favor. A victorious Christian has favor. Five ways. Realize you're chosen by God. Realize you're, number two, realize you're part of God's plan. You all there with me? Recognize your need for the Holy Spirit in your life. Do what? Recognize, I can't hear you. Recognize your need for the Holy Spirit in your life. Number four, believe God for the impossible. God can do it through you. He can heal the sick and raise the dead. Only believe, believe Him. Feed on the miracles of the Bible. Read those stories till they become part of your, your, your mindset, the way that you think. Surround yourself with people who, who are visionaries, people who will take territory, people who believe God to see things come to pass. Step away from the naysayer. Step away from somebody who doesn't want to. Listen, don't cast your pearl before swine. 
you calling my aunt Gertrude swine? Anybody that can't believe God and wants to look down their nose is swine. I don't mean that in a bad way. God loves them. But the picture is you, 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 you've got to guard over the things that are precious. You don't share everything with everybody. You know, furthermore, she had to go find an Elizabeth. Everybody needs an Elizabeth. Everybody needs someone to say, this is what the, what the Lord said. And that, that interaction that happens and this song of Mary, the song of Mary is, it's, it's called the Magnificent. It's, it's one of the oldest hymns in all of Christendom, Pastor Chris, the Magnificent. It's a, a transliteration of, of Latin. And, and it has been said by, by Barclay and other commentators that it is a, uh, the most revolutionary document. Go, go read the song of Mary. I'm not going to preach to you on that now. Go read it. It takes all of the principles of the world and turns it on its head and slam dunks it. It's about being humble, not prideful. It's about blessed are the poor. It's, it's similar in many ways to the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel. It's a beautiful song. It's a, it's a revolutionary hymn that she sings, and you can read it right there in Luke. Come on, one more time. Five things. One, recognize you are chosen by God. Two, recognize you're part of God's plan. Number three, recognize your need for the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Number four, believe God for the, that's why I gave you notes. Are you guys okay? Ready? D, believe God for the impossible to be done. That's from verse 37. And lastly, humbly surrender, verse 38. Humbly surrender to God's plan. Did you get something from the Lord? Let's be the victorious church. Let's walk in humility. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God before we move on to the next aspect of this message and service, the first thing to do is to give your life to Christ. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, well, do it now. He said, well, I did when I was a kid. Well, are you living for him now? Because if you're not, then recommit your life. He said, well, I, I can't remember. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Well, let me just say this. If you can't remember when you gave your life to Jesus, then most likely the odds are 99% chance then you didn't because it is not the kind of thing that you ever forget. Pastor Chris told us about when he was seven, playing with some Legos, doing set design, and he just decided, huh, I need to get saved. Walked outside as a seven-year-old in the heat of Oklahoma, went to his mama and said, Mom, I need to get saved. So she led him in a sinner's prayer. He was born again, seven years old. I remember when I got saved, I remember right where I was at. Do you remember when you gave your heart to Jesus? Because if you didn't, you don't remember that. Odds are, probably didn't. But I'll leave that between you and the Lord. If you've never given your heart to Jesus for the first time, won't you do it today? Number two, you need to recommit your life because you're not as on fire as you used to be. You drifted. You've got compromise and you know it. You want to come back home. That's why we're here. This is why we do what we do. No condemnation for those who are in Christ, but come to Him. Come to Him. He pleads with you through my voice right now to be reconciled to God to be forgiven of your sin. You can't, you can't have your sin forgiven and go to heaven when you die without receiving Christ any more than a monkey can put on a suit and become part of the human race. 
You can stand in your car, in your garage all you want to and make car noises. You will never be an automobile. You must be born again. It's not religion. You don't need religion. You need a relationship. You need to be born again. All across this place, those online, out in the village, you want to give your heart to Jesus first time or make a recommitment to him on the count of three. If that's you, you slip your hand up. You say, I want to be included in this prayer on the count of three. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Number two, make a recommitment. Number three, if you just want to be sure, you're not sure. Devil lies to you. You want to be sure. On the count of three, you fit in any of those categories, raise your hand. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over. God bless you. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty over on this side. Want to give, get right with God first time? Recommit or you just want to be sure? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty all across this place. Would you pray with me right out loud? Just repeat right, after, right out loud. Even if, you're, even if you're right with God, affirm your faith. Pray with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you that you chose me. I say yes today. I believe you for the impossible. For your plan to be brought about in my life. Holy Spirit, come upon me and help me to be dependent upon you and your word. I surrender to you and your great plan. Thank you that the enemy is broken. His power is broken. And I'm free because of what Jesus has done for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender to God. I pray, Holy Spirit, now. Touch these. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Raise up an army of people that will believe you like Mary did. Raise up an army of victorious church. Not victims. A victorious church that will believe you for the impossible. You've already done that. But do it again and again and again and again and again. I pray victory for every single person, every single family here. That we would partner with you as, as Mary did. And you would bring about fulfillment the prophetic promise over our lives, this region, this territory, this nation, and the nations of the world. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.